2: Hello,
3: everybody, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. I am your host, Mark Ellis, joined, as always, by the incredible Jacqueline Coley, who just has such a, a beautiful smile on that signifies she's almost at the end of award season.
0: That is exactly what that is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> your busiest time of the year, your tax season.
0: I know. And honestly, just as oppressive. But it's like, whatever, you can't be mad about it, but it is a lot.
3: No, it's you're coming to the end of a season. You're coming to the end of a very long movie. You're just coming to the end of a thing that you had embarked on. So (laughs) a
0: journey. Yeah,
3: we're going to be talking about a journey in this show. And I particularly want to thank both you and our special guest, Matt Nost, uh, for this episode of the podcast, because. I had such a great workout this morning because <laughs> I watched our movie again last night. How
4: is this part of my intro?
3: <laughs> you, Matt, and I go way back in dominating the backcourts of rec leagues yeah. here in Los Angeles, the Municipal County Rec League B League. But today we're talking about Rocky Four. And I watched it last night. I watched the director's cut for the first time ever. You want so extra credit. Rocky to it never fails to give, I think maybe, I'll just limit it to men of a certain age, but probably a lot of people, juice when it comes to I need to get back in the gym. This movie does it just
4: about as well as anything. Okay. The, the 38 extra minutes, how many more montages? Because <laughs> <laughs> this thing already has, I love it. There's one montage that ends, and then there's a, a scene between Rocky and... And Adrian, and then he goes boom right back into montage. <laughs> so you're saying in that 38 minutes, and we get at least two more proof that what 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 is life? It's just the
3: moments in between montages. <laughs> the director's cut is apparently 93 minutes. the the actual the original Rocky IV, the, which is the movie we're going to be talking about ad nauseum today. I might get into somewhere the director's cut is different, but we want to focus on Rocky IV, <laughs> sure. the OG Rocky IV. That is 91 minutes, so it's only two minutes longer. But there's a lot of stuff that they took out. And they put back in other things that weren't seen in the original one. So there's a lot here. If you're a fan of the Rocky Four robot, we're talking about the Rocky Four version that does have the robot in it. That's the good news. The bad news is, unfortunately, the movie's 37% rotten on the tomato meter. When we had our book a few years ago, the Rotten Movies We Love release, it was 40%. And somehow <laughs> it's gone down another 3%. The audience is a little closer to where at least some folks on this panel lie. 79% of the audience, but 37% rotten is Rocky Four from 1985. Matt Nost, you're a special guest today. You're a a celebrated comedian. Thank you. Catch him when he's on tour. Uh, He's also, again, deadly three-point shot. We also have this great trivia sensation you've created on YouTube called Settle the Score, Mm -hmm. where every week you have two movie enthusiasts, a lot of pundits in this space, some celebrity guests. They try to guess the score that you're buddy andy is playing on the piano and True. it's from a movie three rounds and so i figured you're an expert on rounds and judging rounds we have you for rocky nice. four
4: way to tie that back in i didn't know
3: if i was gonna get there but there we are <laughs> so, <laughs> so i put the question to you you always make your guests settle the score i'm gonna make you say is the score here right or wrong is rotten
4: tomatoes wrong Wh- about which rocky score four? are we talking about We're the talking critical about
3: score 37 percent on the tomatoes. listen meter.
4: That just means that that 63% hate America. That's what that means. I salute this movie. Listen, how many movies do you know brought down a political ideology because this helped end communism? Yes, it did. It did. did. I agree. It did. When Rocky stands up and gives arguably one of the greatest speeches of all time. (laughs) <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I, I love can't it.
3: tell if you love it or
4: hate it, uh, or if you hate I, it so much you love it. It's both.
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm and feeling hate this. I'm very yeah. feeling this. Yeah.
4: But when the knockoff, you know, the Kirkland brand Gorbachev stands up and he's like, Kirkland brand Gorbachev. <laughs> yes, that's that's him saying, "I am releasing the shackles of communism, mm-hmm. and I am joining the world economy." Rocky helped to do that. It was what three years later, the Berlin yeah. Wall came down. I think this is part of the momentum that got that ball rolling.
3: You're right. So you're saying that that somewhere in Germany, the band the Scorpions was watching Rocky IV, yeah. and they got the impetus to write Winds of Change. Yeah, because in fact, there was a wind of change. They could feel it, and this film helped end the Cold War. Uh, Jacqueline Coy, I'll go to you next. Is Rotten Tomatoes right or wrong about 37 percent?
0: I Rocky mean. IV? I I don't know because, like, I do feel they're right, but I also feel they're wrong. So, like, I was like, I was like, yes, this is exactly the thing I want to say because I absolutely do feel that Rotten Tomatoes is wrong about this movie because it is a movie that, like, begs an emotional response. And you can't, like, deny Mm -hmm. that it is a movie that if the purpose of filmmaking and moving motion pictures is to implant emotions or ideas into the minds of the audience, you can't say it doesn't, like, complete that tenfold. But Lord, it is like this camptastic, just <laughs> so cheesy 80s with barely a plot, just laughable How villains. Dare you.
4: How do- <laughs> laughable villains.
0: Laughable in their archetypes. Like, this is like, sure. these are just like compl- Boris and Natasha level of depth. Yes! <laughs> what else do you want? I mean, this is the movie version of The Adventures of Bowling Call. I mean, it is not deep, but it doesn't have to be that deep. It does not have to be that deep, but it is not. And so I have a hard time. If you want to call it an enjoyable time, it's certified fresh. If you want to call it cinema, I got to go with the critics. Like I feel in between.
3: Which is why I have such a problem with this being rotten on the tomato meter, because you say if it lacks depth or it's not that it's not that complicated, neither is boxing. All right. It's boxing. It's like I'm going to get in a ring with somebody and whoever walks out of it is probably going to be declared the winner. And so here you have the ultimate test. It's a redemption story. It's about friendship. It's about moving on. It's about realizing that you can't do one thing forever in life and you got to pivot sometimes. And sometimes you just got to suck it up and have a great, incredible, life changing sports training montage.
4: But I don't think you can hold this movie up to saying, is it cinema? Because it was never intended to be cinema. It wasn't
0: intended to be cinema, but it used to do a passable version of at least giving the characters both more depth and more themes. And look, first of all, like, again, (laughs) you killed my friend and I'm coming for vengeance. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not (laughs) asking for a lot. That is literally the same plot of John Wick, but you can add more to it.
3: It was the peak of of sort of 80s American machismo. and yes. Because Stallone and Schwarzenegger this time were like the two of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Yeah. You know, Schwarzenegger coming off Terminator, and he was about to blow up in movies like Predator, and you had Stallone with the Rambo franchise and with the Rockies, and they just kept going. This was probably the Rocky movie where they're like, oh, well, we're just going to keep getting these movies every so <laughs> often, but we didn't, and they took an interesting turn afterwards. So this is a very interesting point in the Rocky mythology. So we want to get to... A lot of Rocky Four talk, obviously, but I also want to relate this movie to the other Rockies, which one stands the tallest, including the Creed movies, because Creed Three comes out, I believe, tomorrow as of this, uh, this recording or maybe the next week. So, uh, Jack and I have seen Creed Three. We might give you a little sneak uh, previews to our thoughts, but let's get into a couple of editorial shout outs first before we get to Two Minutes with Tim. All the Rocky and the Creed movies are ranked, according to our experts on RottenTomatoes.com. So you can check that out. You might be surprised that the number one movie, Creed, is number one. Rocky IV is number seven. And if you think that's too low, Matt, you're really not going to like this news. RottenTomatoes.com also has the 33 best boxing movies of all time. Rocky Ford did not make the list.
4: What, what, play it to the bone? Made it to the the list?
3: I don't know where play it to the bone (laughs) landed.
0: Well, I will say on both those lists is those are based on critical opinion. It's not like what we call our essentials because we sometimes do these lists where it's like, these are the movies, if you are trying to watch boxing movies, you need to watch all of these, whether it be Rotten or Fresh. These ones are just the top rated, so... Rocky 4 at 39%. That'd be a pretty weak list if Rocky it made it. Rocky 3
3: snuck in there. <sighs> it was it's fresher. Yes it is yes it is there's and not even a
0: high bar for that I think the highest one is 85
3: but yeah. if if you look at the top 33 movies according to this list uh, you do get some Rocky 4 in it because Creed 2 is in the top 30. yeah it's the updated version of yeah. a Rocky a 4 a lot of connective tissue and then obviously one more mention for our wonderful book uh, The Right Movies We Love you can get that wherever you enjoy books and so right now before we get into our movie talk segment we are going to toss it to our good friend Tim Ryan he does our segment two minutes with Tim he's going to tell you you what the critics were saying about this movie when it came back, way back, at the height of the Cold War,
4: 1985. Two with Tim.
1: Look, nobody here is going to strenuously deny that in its best moments, Rocky IV is pretty awesome. Even if it's often preposterous Cold War propaganda, it's hard not to root for Rocky in the undeniably exciting final match against Ivan Drago. However, awesome as it can be, Rocky IV also has a number of issues that even fans are likely to acknowledge, like its utter predictability, or the excessive use of footage from the first three movies, or the hometown Soviet crowd switching allegiances in mid-fight, or the robot butler, which has a real-life backstory that's pretty poignant, but still. That said, a lot of folks love this movie partly because of those elements, not in spite of them. But it's hard not to see why critics back in 1985 were less than impressed, particularly given the high standards set by the original Rocky less than a decade before. Rocky IV is rotten at 37% on the Tomato Meter with 49 reviews, and it has a 79% audience score. So what do the critics have to say? In a rotten review, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times wrote, Even Sylvester Stallone seems to be getting tired of the series. As the writer and director, as well as the star, he puts himself through the same old paces. However, in a fresh review, Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune wrote that Stallone creates credible villains worthy of his heroic character. The Rotten Tomatoes critic's consensus reads, Rocky IV inflates the action to absurd heights, but ultimately rings hollow thanks to a story that hits the same basic beats as the first three entries in the franchise. So that's Rocky IV. Let's kick it back to Jacqueline and Mark. If they can change, and you can change, everybody can change.
3: Thank you, Tim, and, and a lovely sentiment to leave us with there. In the words of the Rocky Four robot, to you, Tim, happy birthday, Pauly. Let's get right into movie talk here. Hit the music, Brian. Just so much to discuss. First of all, I have an update on the 33 best boxing movies of all time. Play it to the bone. Did not make the list. It is <laughs> sitting at 11% on the tomato meter. Matt, you are welcome to come back on the show when we have our Plants in the Bone episode. Not
4: gonna happen. I'll join the critics on that one. Do we have a, <laughs> this movie is garbage show? Because I, I'll join that show. You, you can't, you are allowed to say Rotten Tomatoes is
3: right. Although with us, you know, we tend to disagree with this particular Tomato Eater score. Let me go back to the first time that young Matt knows heard of the name Rocky Balboa. You were aware of this franchise because Mm -hmm. like to me growing up it was always you talk about the Rocky movies and like talk about them with like my dad and it's like wait wait it's three the one with the Russian guy or is that with Mr. T. You really know the names of anybody just knew Rocky was fighting something impossible.
4: Uh, I think the First one I might have seen was three because of the Hulk Hogan aspect that was huge into wrestling, like a bunch of kids mm-hmm. my age. Yeah, but this movie four ties in with all those themes because that was a lot of wrestling, which is USA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to see that on the big screen, I was like, "This is amazing!" Did you see it in theaters? Uh, yeah, I saw Rocky. I was a little kid; I was six, and you see, saw Rocky four in a movie theater. I saw Rocky four in a movie wow. theater.
3: Okay, so our our mutual friend, a wonderful comedian, Steve Simone. From Philadelphia, I should point that out right off the bat. True. He's from Philly. He went to go see this like opening weekend with his entire family in Philadelphia. He said the crowd stood up and cheered. Yes, like multiple times during the Drago fight. Like, like, really? The movie theater. I mean,
4: they turned an action movie into a boxing movie. Yeah. It's a hybridized of two forms of this movies. Was white people? This was, it was Philly. It was
3: probably yeah. a nice cross-section. Okay. You got to remember. That's Rocky, what I
0: was confused by, because I'm just picturing, I know it's Philly, but let's be real, depending on the theater, you know what I
3: mean? Rocky has such a Philly lineage for, oh, and, yeah. and, and yeah. It, it's it's very good at appealing to a wide swath of demographic because you have obviously the Rocky Balboa I would be story, more impressed if it was Creed white well. people. That is yeah. not their
0: vibe in the theater is my point. Like you go into a movie theater in Atlanta. So something
4: like Rocky? Yes, I think <laughs> it's, it's, that's more if there are yeah. other movies.
0: No, no, I'm basically what I'm saying is if the movie can inspire the never make noise in the theater crowds of most establishments yeah. to all of a sudden decide to get into a dialogue, this is cinema. I agree.
3: The next year, white people probably had a good run with Top Gun, but but nothing <laughs> like Rocky 4. And no. you don't have to believe me or Matt or Steve or anybody. You can just go watch Eddie Murphy Raw and see the yes! bit he does about yes! white guys leaving a Rocky movie and yeah. thinking they're invincible.
0: This is a different vibe. That's I do why. feel like there's a different vibe in this movie. I think that there um, it is. I felt it. I felt it. So
3: did you just go as six year old Matt knows? Did you just like charge out of the theater pumped up? Uh, I mean, just tied into
4: all those things that I was already, you know, going off the top turnbuckle with my brother at home. So it just fed into the, just, uh, ah, the rage you have (laughs) as a six-year-old. So it just fed into that quite beautifully. And, uh, yeah, it's cemented. It's hands down. My favorite Rocky still is to this day. So
3: Jacqueline, you were aware of the Rocky franchise when? (sighs)
0: I was aware of the Rocky franchise early just because of Apollo Creed and Carl Weathers. Okay. Like he was very popular. And so I think the, I think the, I wanna say the second Rocky where they rematch Mm -hmm. was the first Mm -hmm. one that I ever remember seeing. And it was like probably like a TNT like rerun basically. And I know I was like way older, you know, whatever. I think I came out, I think I was born like when the third one came out. Anyway, but Mr. T. That was like the first one where I was like really into it because Mr. T was scary in that movie. Yes, like, he Mr. Was. T was like a legitimate, like, Super villain. And that to me also had that like wrestling element to it. Like that, that really like solidified both of those for me.
3: Right. And then you have Rocky V, and then the the franchise just sort of ends and is in the doldrums for 15 years until Rocky Balboa comes out. And then we have this resurgence again with Creed in 2015, which got great critical reviews and made a crap ton of money. Now we have a new franchise to celebrate. Again, one that does tie back to a lot of the things that we see in Rocky. So, you know, it's it's a hard thing to kick off with. But like, as Jacqueline pointed out, Matt, she feels like if you're just looking at this with a critical eye, the movie should be 37%. But just like as somebody watching a fun movie, you love it. Is this a bad
4: movie that you just think is good to watch? I just I think we all look at different movies through different prisms. Mm. So you go into this one not going. Cinema Verite, this is gonna blow me away. I can't wait for all the subtext. Although there is some weird stuff in this one (laughs) upon rewatch that I never noticed before. Like what? Uh, Like uh, the opening fight, the living in America, that whole sequence. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pagan symbolism. It seems like there's a bull, (laughs) there's a bull that comes down and it transforms into, well, a creed dies and he's in a Christ-like pose as Rocky is holding him. But for some reason, mm. Pauly has uh, a torch, but the skull is at the top of the torch. It hasn't been lit yet. Did I was you like, put on Temple of Doom by accident? I don't know. Trust me. Go back and watch it. I do I remember the bull. I remember. There's a bull. Why yeah. is there a bull? There's yeah. no. And it, it it
0: Well, the one thing I do know is they were basing that moment off of James Brown's stage shows at the time.
4: Did he have a bull on a he stage He had show?
0: like Okay, all kinds that of explains crazy stuff. So like, he did have all kinds of crazy stuff. And I do remember animals were a part of it. I don't know if it was a bull.
4: It's a huge bull.
0: I don't know if it was a bull, but like the, because James is singing his song, living in America yeah, for this mm-hmm. one. that. Whole stage show, like that whole thing, that was just James at the time. Right. He was known for those types of shows. Well, then
4: that's me reading because then the the Christ-like and Madonna. Now the Christ-like Afterwards, pose, I, I was like, "Well, is that supposed to?" be uh, agree the with you on with that. The pagan. I, I don't, don't know understand. if it mirrors
0: with the pagan, but I do agree with you as a Christ-like pose. Oh, like it's this a was Renaissance like, pagan. yeah, like that. Yeah, he's for holding
4: sure. him in his arms, and for some reason, they allow every reporter into the ring immediately. Like, yeah. I've never seen that. Oh,
3: if you if you look at the the first fight that we see in Rocky Four. And which is which is the exhibition match. This was supposed to be an exhibition between Drago coming to America and, you know, Apollo Creed because Rocky didn't take the fight. So now Apollo Creed can kind of step in and Apollo Creed can use this as a springboard to be back to relevance because he (laughs) hasn't been a professional boxer in five years. He's been retired. So. They get in the ring and it is amazing because that's where the punch gets thrown early in the second round. It kills Apollo Creed. He's dying in the ring. Every reporter runs in there. Yeah. They're they're interviewing Drago, the winner, and Rocky is holding Apollo Creed's head. And I got to think after watching recent NFL weeks, like this is the worst sort of protocol yeah. health-wise yeah. to save this man's life. The doctor can't get to him. Yeah. Like, just yeah. surrounded just by- holding his head. Yeah.
0: It's one of those things where at best you would think Maybe they didn't realize he was dead in that moment or was hoping that, you know, he could be revived. But that's like the best case scenario. And they knew he was dead. Like there was like he was already like, I think, you know, they they're like he's dead. Yeah, like, if he dies, he
3: dies. Yeah, exactly.
4: Like, well, okay, well,
3: somebody knows the future. Yeah, exactly. Somebody is, uh, is a seuss there. And that would be Ivan Drago. And so that's real. We didn't do the synopsis at the at the beginning because yeah. we kind of think you. So uh, Apollo Creed dies. It's become Rocky's best friend, former rivals, now BFFs. He kills him, so that's going to inspire Rocky to go to Russia on Christmas Day to fight in a non-sanctioned match. He couldn't get the sanctioning, so he has to give up his heavyweight title that he currently owns just to go fight this guy in Russia to get revenge. Training sequences ensue, and then we have our final fight.
0: Definitely, and two of the greatest montage songs Laying atop them,
3: yes. Yeah, so okay. Since have, *Eye
0: of the Tiger*, which was a, already a hard thing to top. Let's I, be real. The movie oh, yeah. kicks off with yeah. *Eye of the Tiger*. Yeah. You're like,
3: Where do we go from here? Yeah. You only go up thanks to *No Easy Way Out* by Robert Tepper, mm-hmm. and then, as Matt pointed out, five, six minutes later, *Hearts on Fire* yeah. by John oh. Cafferty, and you just are so ready to climb a literal
4: mountain in the snow which is what Rocky ends up doing, so is- Well, does he? Because they do close-up shots of Stallone where you can kind of tell he's at an incline, and then these super wide shots (laughs) of some dude in the same outfit- I love that. Then they cut back to let's say uh, there's Stallone and wide shot where he's this big on screen. <laughs> yeah, him. he's yelling Drago. Yeah. Yeah. What's
0: crazy. is like they were in Wyoming too, which is don't get me wrong. Wyoming has mountains, but they are not like you. You could you could walk. <laughs> like it's a hikeable mountains in Wyoming. This is hikeable mountains in Wyoming. Legitimately, like this is still plainish mountains.
2: <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana.
3: So if, if we're looking at at the movie as a whole, Jacqueline, do you have a favorite scene? Is it one of the training montages? Or is it something else that sticks out to you?
0: You know, in all honesty, I really enjoy watching Ivan Drago's torture through his training sessions, like the other side of it. So it is a montage session, but specifically the I, Ivan Drago's like, you the know, most the most
3: perfectly trained tuned, ever.
0: Exactly. And it really like, I just love the demonic nature of them, like, you know, like, you know, checking his, pu- his punch power. And then, like, Bridget Nielsen as his, like, basically, like, emotional translator in all of this, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it was so great to see her character. It was, a it was like, an interesting juxtaposition to what we'd seen with Ty Shire all the way yeah. through. Also, I loved all of the opulence of Rocky's surroundings. Sure. And just showing, again, like, how one of the sort of conceits of even the very first Rocky is, like, the worst thing to happen to a boxer is success.
3: Nobody gets out of bed at 5 a.m. when they got silk sheets. Is that yeah. Marvin Hagler? I believe said that. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that that juxtaposition of the training between Rocky mm-hmm. and Drago because that is going back to Rocky's roots, where look, he, he's just this this you know club fighter out of Philly. Yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have the resources that a a, a legendary figure like Apollo Creed has, he's got the Rocky gym and, and you and I in comics we always talk about like just getting into a dark comedy club where that's kind of the yeah. Rocky gym. It's not the fancy You're lights. punching the meat. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You're, yeah. Pu- you're literally
3: punching meat. And then we have Drago. And if this movie could possibly get any more eighties, it does when we see the steroid needle go yeah. into his butt. So there's just so much good in this movie, Matt. Can you boil it down? to the scene that you say that. That's why I keep coming
4: back for more uh, from the Rocky 4 Well, Well, first off, Stallone made some excellent choices directing. I will say that. He did direct it. During the montages. So the the juxtaposition between the two, you've got Drago on one side and all the people that are monitoring him and it's all very clinical. And then you go to Rocky's and if any of these two gentlemen are roided up, Clearly Stallone.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when they take that at the end. Yeah. Whoa.
4: The first time they take their robes off, and you can just tell he's flexing every abductor muscle that he has. His core is like, okay, you don't get that as a guy your size. But anyway. Uh (laughs) so the, the the two the two training montages, my favorite are all the people around Rocky, as he's doing this stuff, they all individually have a shot where it cuts to them and they go. They're just nodding, just nodding, yeah, for no reason, as he's like, no, like yep. 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 he's doing it. He's doing yeah, it yeah. As, as
3: somebody that, that that tries to get in the gym as much as I can and like lift weights now. When you watch those training sequences, it's like, dude, you're going to, you're going to hurt oh, you. yourself. You're, yeah. You're, like you're, you're, you're literally your going a blood vessel,
0: having an
4: aneurysm, something. Oh
0: my God. I just thought of that. Cause like I do it now too, which by the way, let's be real. There is nothing about the ridiculously small amount of workout I do and the obscene amount of bitching I do through it. That like <laughs> relates to what Rocky is doing. It's part of the calorie burn. <laughs> like, you're fine. No, I told that dude. The reason why I pay you is not to make me work out. It's to listen to me, bitch, as I work out.
3: But Rocky Peso, those guys just to nod their head. Yeah, exactly.
0: I've seen somebody do, or at least I've seen tangentially someone like transform their body. It's not like that. It's just a dude doing this a lot. You know, it's like, like, you know, like, it's just like a lot of bench work. Like there's some, like this stuff is really like... They're being very extra in the in the workout. It's like, no, we don't want you to live something. We're going to make you chase a chicken. Like, just run. Well, the thing with Rocky <laughs> is,
3: like, I understand you want to get back to nature and you just want to train. Like, you want to get that farm strength back. And that's why you go to this remote mountain location and But in He's Russia. from the city. I mean, why, like, is, why are you you're from Philly? Run? You have just money. Do the yeah. I don't he know. has money to spend <laughs> on a gym. Instead, he's like, just give me a barn. And they're like, okay, what sort of equipment? He's like, I don't want any equipment. Just give me a barn no. with, with another story so I can do sit-ups up to it. Yeah. Like, Give
4: me an ox yoke that I can do this more, with for some the reason. The I
0: realize that they're doing this, I'm like, this is dumb. Like oh, You yeah, can no, go work stupid. out in Hawaii, dude, and you will still be working when out. When
4: you're trying to pull Polly on that sled and they go over to Drago and Drago's using the machine, thereby utilizing all the muscles, and you see Rocky who's like one foot struggle fall <laughs> and you're like, how is this building I'm up sorry, any muscle? The, the more I think- it's, it's supposed to be about repetition of action you
0: know, the more with think-
4: meets resistance and <laughs> yours is just falling down resistance but it like i i do wonder if
3: this was a real sporting <laughs> event that happened and there, there's like those services you can get a celebrity to like tell you like happy birthday or something like on cameo i would pay top dollar for Stephen a smith just to have him react to this match <laughs> if rocky did in fact lose because maybe it's your training methods maybe it's the fact and i never this never clipped with me until oh. i i watched it last night and i'm pretty sure it's mentioned but maybe glossed over more in the original cut is that they they tell him as soon as he gets to his compound in Russia, they're like, oh, by the way, you're not allowed to have any sparring partners. And they're like, what? I don't remember them saying that. We're not allowed to have... Yeah, so it's like a big... It's yeah. like you cannot bring in any fighters to spar with. Huh. So now Drago can spar and knock out whoever he wants. Rocky has nobody to spar with, so that's why he's just walking in the mountains by himself. <laughs> he's got no friends. I love
4: it. It is ridiculous leather... Sherpa-lined jacket. This whole outfit. I couldn't tell if those were jeans or sweatpants he's wearing. It's just ah, perfect. You fly in, cover Lang. I you know?
0: stand by what I said, and this is a camp picture. Rocky doing this, this way, is literally like Nathan Lane in the birdcage pretending that he's not gonna go on. And so he's Kinda. like, literally like, it's gotta be like this. Like, this is, so camp. <laughs> this is so camp. But that's what makes He's it. He's like, it's not we're going to put on a show and we have to show them how hard we worked and we're going to make it butch, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be ice and yoke. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you do see throughout this movie, you see how much of a friendship Rocky and Apollo Creed had built. And I think that's like a real thing in this movie is based on his training to fight Clubber Lang in the rematch that was spearheaded by Apollo Creed because he's like, dude, the the way you were training, that's not how you beat Clubber Lang. You got to let me teach you some stuff that you don't know. So they go to LA and that's where they like race on the beach and stuff. And so we see a lot of those callbacks in the montages in Rocky IV. But I do like how... It may, this movie is so important to the Creed franchise. Yeah. And that's maybe one of the reasons why I feel like we need to get this tomato meter back up to fresh because <sighs> we don't get <laughs> Creed without this because you see how strong the fiber of friendship is between yeah. Apollo and Rocky. Sure. And that's why somebody like Adonis Creed in the first movie, Creed can show up to Rocky's restaurant another generation later and be like, hey, I'm going to literally guilt trip you yeah. into training me because you let my dad die in the ring.
0: <laughs> I mean, and it worked, it like, did. Let, let me, let's be, and it would, it would work on me. It would work on you. Yeah. Cause like, absolutely. You could, couldn't be heartless, but honestly, I figured out a way to make this happen to get to the 40%. Okay. I think.
4: What a low bar was that? <laughs> Just get back to 40%. I think I should Is put that fresh? this out here. No, 60%. No. I, don't I was like, boy, yeah. that seems like a low at threshold. Least,
0: I mean, we can at least get to 40. Maybe I think I can maybe do that because in all, honestly, the more you were talking about these male friendships. I'm just, my fanfic brain is working. Like, I could see a um, a story where it is Rocky <laughs> who has this secret love affair with Apollo Creed and then Drago kills him in the ring and so then Rocky wants to fight him in the ring but then he realizes through the Fight, that they really love each other. Like, this is a fan fiction waiting to is be this, written.
4: Yeah, but this seems like a Ben-Hur, Charlin, Charlton no. Heston knew about the gay no. subtext, but didn't know about no. the gay subtext.
0: Literally, like, I really do feel like this is a fan fiction and I will release the fan fiction uh, to every single person that votes this movie fresh. Like time like, listeners of
3: our podcast will know Jacqueline's <laughs> affinity for sports-themed erotica. <laughs> yes, that it She is. reads on beaches from here to the other side of the world. <laughs> I've seen her travel schedule. It's yeah. intense. There's a lot of frequent flyers. You're going to have a good time in first class with a bottle of Chardonnay and some Rocky Apollo lovemaking fan fiction. I
0: think people would be down for it. I'm not kidding you. There's so many, like, gay undercones you, to this.
4: Yeah, but you might get the critic meter go up and then... In the audience meter well, I'm is going go to go down. The, I'm not so trying, I think we're to lose We're not going to
0: change the movie. I'm just bribing people who do care about that level of nonsense to vote the movie up because let's be real, they're not in the 35 camp. Those were in the 65 camp. This may bring them over to our side. This is outreach. Okay, I, all right. This is outreach. <laughs> oh. This is not trying to take anything away from the movie. The movie re- exists on its own. This is just for the dark corners of the internet where we like to play. Where you're trying to drive your votes.
3: does. The movie does steer you in a lot of different directions. Du- it can take your brain and say, oh, well, what if we tackled that threat? Or what if we walked down this rabbit hole? Where we ultimately end up is Russia and a convincing victory by Rocky Balboa and he does manage to win over the Russian crowd that night because they just see the heart of a champion. They start chanting Rocky. Certain members of the Politburo just kind of stand and clap whether it's for political reasons or they were genuinely moved. The director's cut, by the way, they all just kind of take off.
4: As they should. As As they they should.
3: should. And, way more and, sense. And, and I'm watching the director's cut. There's, okay, just let me go on this this tangent now. The director's cut is a different movie, man. I mean, you get the, the same outcomes in the fights, obviously, but there are full scenes that are put in that we've never seen before, and there's full scenes taken out. There's a great, discussion between Rocky and Apollo about aging and about where Apollo has been and how Apollo doesn't feel relevant anymore. And Stallion, because he's the heavyweight champion of the world currently, can't identify with what Apollo is going through because Apollo has always been a view a little bit further in his career. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no, dude, when you get to be me, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. And it's just real emotional stuff. It's like really well done, and in and when we put that in, what do we take out? We take out some of the silliness with Pauly's birthday, sure. The oh, robot, that's the yeah, you can yeah, easily cut studio. that out. Yeah, and yeah. the robot was in the movie as Tim alluded to for two reasons. One, it's the '80s and robots were the future. Yeah. Two, it's because apparently that robot was was able to help impact one of Stallone's sons who was dealing with autism. And so mm-hmm. it was a way to reach through to that kid. And so Stallone's like, well, yeah, this is great. Let's put it in the movie. And yeah. so now Polly turns it into this hot-voiced
2: yeah, beer-fetching sex robot.
3: Sex mean, robot. Yeah.
0: Look, it's an a com- it was. You're in talking a- about
3: fan fiction. What did Polly and that robot do?
0: I was just about to say, honestly, every piece of fan, every piece of, uh, Media would be better improved with a fan fiction overlay of just a little bit of dirty writing. I'm telling you, it all gets better. But it was an accommodation tool for an autistic kid that also became an accommodation tool for Polly, who is like also coded autistic. He's grumpy, he doesn't like people, That's fair. he wants to be on his own yeah. and he's very particular about the foods that he eats. Dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> give that guy <laughs> something liking trains and he's Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. Uh, or he's
3: just a crotchety old man. Or he's
0: just a crotchety old man. <laughs> yes. Coded. Again, coded.
3: <laughs> Did Adrian help or hurt this, this movie as far as Rocky's performance in the final fight? Because she doesn't want him to go. She's all by the way, this she is shows a woman. Up. She's always stood by his side. This is the same human being who woke up from a coma towards the end of Rocky 2. And the first thing she said, just win. Go win, right? Go kick his ass right now. And so we know Adrian's in it for the long haul. She is insulted by Clever Wang and Rocky three so obviously wouldn't kick that guy's ass, get some revenge there. But she really doesn't want Rocky to go. Mm. She does not want Rocky to go to Russia. Apollo got killed right in front of her. I don't know I mean, her for real, having yeah. reservations. But then, as producer Brian just alerted me to, she does, in fact, meet Rocky in Russia. Where's their son? We don't know where
4: their son is. No. He's probably being he's at home. No, he's watched. at home. We, no, see, a at a home. we him. see him. He's watching the fight later on yeah. with two friends. So there doesn't seem to be a parental figure involved. Well, whatever. Maybe the, robots the, ro- the robot is in that scene, Dude, actually. The robot is rich, in the scene is so where the are cool. watching There's a think, nanny
0: yeah. and the robot's like is. helping out.
3: Come yeah. on. Okay, like, so he can afford a nanny, just not like a weight bench to fly I mean, to Russia.
0: <laughs> that plot hole is not going to get any <laughs> smaller by well, you poking more holes in it. <laughs> so I'm with you. I mean, that's part of the agreement of going over there. Because <laughs> yeah. when the, the,
4: the, the guy from uh, the state that drops him off is like, oh, you know, this is everything that you asked for, which yeah. is apparently just a cabin in the middle of the woods. At a freaking shed for you to work out in, so I don't know if weights were part of the deal of him going over there, but apparently not. Let me ask or you Or like, why couldn't he work question. out in
0: the states and then just fly over at the end? Yeah, I
4: don't know. That's a great question. Here's the because you're not going to get the
3: same level of toughness as you do in the Russian cold <laughs> with everybody in the world <laughs> against you. But he, here's why I asked the question about Adrian. I love I love the character of Adrian, but he clearly went to Russia early to get minimalist to just have his training team around. You two have other people in your lives. There's, dare I say, the word love. Uh, what does it do to you? If you go to Russia to go fight this guy, you just want soul focus, and then your partner shows up unannounced, maybe a week, two weeks before the fight. Are you happy about it? Or are you secretly like, what, what, what do you do?
4: You're, you're ruining the routine. Hold on. I like that you're asking for my genuine reaction to, first off, I'm the world heavyweight yeah. champ. Second, I saw my best friend get murdered in the mm-hmm. ring by this yeah. dude, and now I've flown across the world to go train. And my wife suddenly shows up. You're How sh- do I feel? I guess pretty good considering I'm facing my own mortality, considering this guy just killed my best friend. It's going to ruin your focus. you I know, I just box to, has no, to have legs. Maybe, a maybe lot lot it helps.
0: Of, there's a lot of yeses that I have to go through to get there. And I don't know if
4: I can make the mental leap.
3: Okay, maybe this is just me trying to rationalize my decision to live alone and live a life of celibacy <laughs> the rest of my life. <laughs> if
4: your dog showed up? And you weren't expecting it. Would it throw you off yes, your game? Yes, it would break my training. Now I got to take her out. She's out there th- running with you. and You guys are climbing the mountain together. You stand up, you're holding her above your, your head like Simba at the top of the mountain. I'm getting Hearts on
3: fire. head kicked in by Ivan Drago and it's because the announcer is saying, well, yeah, he wasn't getting good sleep the last couple of weeks because his dragon snoring dog kept waking him up every two hours. I mean, I don't know. Get her
4: a little CPAP
3: mask. Note to You'll partners out there, don't show up unannounced with a couple of weeks left in training. Let him fight the fight. Show up yeah. for the fight if you want Okay,
0: to. yeah, show up in the fight if you want. Okay, I see what you're saying. Like, uh, he, do I be find more fault in her decisions? Yes. But also, I couldn't have even, like, I would have never gotten to the point of boarding the plane when your partner's like, don't go. And you're like, I gotta do what I gotta do. Like, that is the leap I can't
3: give that's The question I was gonna ask, does Rocky make a convincing enough argument to pull this thing off with, with, to
4: anybody? No. Because what his rationale for choosing to do it?
3: His rationale, it, it, it's and I love this movie, but it, it's because he's trying to talk Apollo out of it. He's like, "Look, well, Apollo, we're not the same guys. We were, we, you know, and so we can't do that." And so Apollo goes and he sees what happens to Apollo, and then all of a sudden Rocky has this thing turn where he's arguing with on the staircase with Adrian at his house, and he's like, "Because I'm a fighter." It's one of my favorite lines in the movie. When she's said, like, "Why do you have to do this?" He's like, "Because I'm a fighter." So did Apollotus remind Rocky who Rocky really was all along? Or was this Rocky just so incensed with revenge? Cause I, I I think it's just more he just realized, oh yeah, this is the thing I'm good at.
4: Well, I mean, if it's revenge, I don't know that he emotes that, where you see the rage of wanting to get the satisfaction of, you know, getting back this guy. So, the eye of the tiger. Yeah, but you would assume that have to be part of the motivation. Maybe it's also the I don't want this guy stealing the thunder of what I've got. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question because you don't see it on the screen.
3: No, and Rocky was at the, well, He was on the top of the world. I mean, it was sad that he lost his trainer, but Mick, how many years did Mick have left anyway? So Kleber Lang gets knocked out by Rocky and he wins and he's heavyweight champion of the world and he's, he's on cloud nine. And then I think he's just a guy who now can still fight at the same level he used to, but he just needs supreme motivation. It's not just, he doesn't, I never saw Rocky as that like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant level of competitor where he's just an assassin who needs to rip your heart out every time he wakes up. I feel like Rocky needs the proper motivation. I feel like Apollo Creed dying did that.
0: Yeah, I wonder, (laughs) I'm not even kidding you. I wonder if it's just you hurt my friend and ego. Like, just, just guilt. Just survivor's guilt.
3: Oh, the guilt is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, not just, it's just survivor's guilt. He's fighting guilt. himself in that ring in Russia. Yeah,
0: he's, he's like, I knew he shouldn't have done this and I let him do it anyway. The only way I can make it right is to hurt the person. Yeah, because he holds
4: back throwing the towel in because he's Apollo holding that says, towel for yeah, a while. Yeah. But throw the towel! So, and he's like, eh. yeah, I yeah. just
0: think it's survivors. And honestly, that's the through line that you take all the way into Creed for why he also agrees to Apollo. Is he still, even after what he thought was going to make him feel whole, getting back <laughs> at Drago, yeah. he still feels guilty the point where Apollo's a, uh, illegitimate kid comes knocking on his door. He still feels a debt. Needs to be paid.
3: He still holds it, yeah. yeah. And, and they just have that, like, I think it's just that they don't have any pictures. That's right. It's yeah. a point in in, in Creed 2, which is one of my favorite scenes in any f- film in this franchise, is when Drago shows up at Rocky's restaurant, and he's looking at all the pictures, and he's like, you don't have any pictures of our fight? And Rocky's like, yeah, I didn't w- really want to remember it.
0: Yeah. And it's like,
3: ooh, that's, oh. that, that Everything about Creed 2 made Rocky for so much <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly because you
3: also get like that you get a sympathetic side of drago that it it wouldn't have paid off the same way if this movie came out five or 15 years after rocky 4 you needed all of this time to really let i think us heal our wounds from the cold war and like get other i don't know international baddie countries in front of russia and then we see creed 2 and it's like Maybe these guys did change just a little bit. Maybe yeah. maybe Drago did have one ear listening to Rocky's speech at the end of this movie.
4: Well, yeah. it seemed like because when he turns to the Polyboro and just like, I'm fighting for me, mm-hmm. yeah. this isn't about the collective anymore, so you can't come down here and bark at me yep. type of, he had already changed in that moment. Yeah,
0: yeah. and but, he paid the price for it afterwards. Because that's, that's what we find out in Creed 2 is like he paid a very heavy penalty, one for losing and also for his disobedience. But can we also just, I wanted to add this, um, Florian, that is the product of those two people having a kid. A, a kid that literally is bigger than like a house and built like oh, it like, Brigitte Nielsen yes. yeah like can you imagine the product of those two having a baby? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's built like a horse and like yeah that 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 it fits. wasn't
4: in the movies like she's some renowned tennis player or yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah she's a world class athlete too. and yeah. and I'll say I was gonna ask you all this before we move on to like
3: kind of ranking the rocky movies in general is is there any other maybe it's a performance, it's a line it's some other sneaky moment in Rocky Four that really grabs you because she's great in the movie, in the limited time she has, and she has even less time in the director's cut. Not sure what happened there. <laughs> but Tony Burton, the actor who just passed away not too long ago as Duke, the trainer, formerly Apollo Creed's trainer, now he's training Rocky. He is great yeah. in this. When he is given Rocky just that that quiet little pep talk the night before training really begins, and he's like, you're going to have to go through hell. But if you do, I promise you'll be, at the end, you'll be the one standing. Like, just everything Duke does in this movie is perfect.
4: Yeah, he's great in it. Actually, you get a little bit more from Paulie than you have that in previous films. That was the
3: one I was going to go to. Yeah. yeah, a little bit
4: of heart. Where he opens up, if I could unzip myself and step out and be anyone else, it'd be you. Right and before I was Rocky crazy. fights, exactly. he's kind of like, hey, sorry, I've been an asshole Yeah, the last and then in years. the ring, he's like, no, <laughs> hey, this guy, never mind that, all right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think Dolph actually, yeah, for being yeah. able to pull off what should be a caricature villain, And there seems to be some sort of levels to it where it's not just this cut and paste kind of bad guy that you would anticipate from an 80s movie like this, especially for an action film disguised as a boxing movie. Uh, There's some subtlety to that, which upon a rewatch, kind of surprised. It was like, that's better performance than I remember.
0: Yeah, he's really smart. Uh that's the other thing that's most surprising me about that. I actually did our creed to junket for us here and like Dolph Lundgren's a genius. Like a
4: legitimate no, he was genius. A PhD yeah. candidate?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I actually though was it was Polly. Like the softening of Polly mm-hmm. towards the end of this this film is really adorable and also his thing with the robot. Like they were comic relief and I'm not saying that I would be like sad if it didn't have it in there but there was an unthawing there. And I do think that that is a little bit coded more than Crotchety because Crotchety doesn't unthaw like that. And you know? the
3: movie, I, I I will defend the robot's appearance in, in the movie, in the original cut, because again, not in the director's cut at all. But I think it does serve a legit purpose because you're seeing how spoiled you do get once you have everything you've ever wanted. Yes. And mm-hmm. the height of everything you ever wanted in the 80s was I wanted my own robot. So you've won all these championships. You have all this money. And the same could be said for Apollo Creed because yeah. we see him, chilling with his dogs in his pool in his mansion Mm -hmm. and so they're just living living the dream but you're not in that pit of hate that that Florian was born into that Ivan Drago emerged from and so you just don't have the same desire the same heart until you get that Eye of the Tiger back and for Rocky unfortunately for Apollo that was seeing him die in the ring so uh, in case you didn't know Apollo Creed no longer with us. And I gave a speech in college, uh, one of my one of my public speaking classes. We had to give a speech on a historical figure. And I, without asking permission, I got an A on it. I just gave a speech on Apollo Creed and how he was the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. And I guess I pulled it off okay because in my speech, I made a girl cry when she... The, the look of shock on her face when I said that he died in the ring at the hands of... The towering Russian Ivan Drago. She was like, <gasps> it was. I was like, oh, I'm killing this thing. Oh I,
0: man! And then yeah. a comic was born, ladies and gentlemen. I I <laughs> liked the
3: power of being in front of an audience. It was good, fun <laughs> a stuff.
0: Comic was born.
3: So I think the real hot take we've all been kind of leading up to here, Matt Nost, is your ranking of the Rocky movies, and we're putting the Creed films in there as well. So all the Rockies, all the Creeds, including Rocky Five, Rocky Balboa, all that stuff. Where is Rocky Four? And if it's not at the top of the
4: mountain, what is for you? It's at the top of the mountain. Rocky 4 is. Rocky 4 is the best Rocky movie that they made. Wow. Look, you're talking to six-year-old me who for, forever <laughs> will say, that is the greatest boxing movie I've ever seen. So it's my favorite. It's the most rewatchable. I will happily watch it again right now. If anybody, I haven't seen the director's cut. Treat
3: yourself. Everybody so. out there listening, it, it really is a different movie. Mm. Darker tone, more in-depth. Dolph Lundgren has a lot more to say, actually.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll check this out then. But yeah,
3: numero uno. Is there no, a close second for you? Is there a content? Is it Creed 2?
4: <laughs> no, it's not Creed 2. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 3. Maybe. I actually kind of liked, uh, what was it? Balboa? Rocky Balboa. It's good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Balboa? Okay. Wow.
4: Uh, that one was interesting. Not a Balboa ago. Yeah.
0: No, I like it more than Rocky 5. Rocky 5 always falls Rocky at the bottom. is the bottom of my it's list. Trash. Without question. Um yeah. I don't remember. How it. you
4: screw up Don King that hard is beyond me. George Washington, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a great actor. Don't know uh, why that was yeah, the choice. Was really I feel like great. if Rocky 5 had was not
3: named Rocky V, it was just like a movie about a guy who like kind of felt like he got double-crossed by his protege. It's not the worst film I've ever seen. It's just in a Rocky movie, it's just especially coming off of Rocky Four and that triumphant USA kind of yeah. thing, it had to morph into something else it just morphed into something that maybe we just could have left it at Rocky Four, and yeah. then still had the comeback fight with Rocky Balboa all those years later. There is a cool scene, though, the beginning of Rocky Five, where it's like him right after the fight. Yeah, 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 yeah I do remember that. And scene. he's yeah. just kind of sitting there and it's like, oh, I think he's got CT or something like that. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you think? Did, you didn't keep him didn't out of the ring did 15 years later. Did you watch this fight? But
4: uh, it, was, yeah. it, it was tough. That's another performance we should award is the ref on that because I don't know what the rules of this <laughs> fight were. In the second round, he goes down to his knee and instantly stands up, and the ref is like, no harm, no foul, go. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, I'm pretty sure he gets a standing eight in this moment. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure. No, they're definitely not doing a concussion protocol at that point. They're like, <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Exactly. Come
3: on! Can he walk? He's yeah. fine. Yeah. All right, well, Malkovich. What's, uh, what's your number one? I mean, because uh, for me, it, it could be the first, it could be this one. It could be like Matt Nost. It could also be... Either one of the first two Rockies, it could be the first Creed movie.
0: So I would definitely put Rocky number one, and and this is the reason why because uh, the first Rocky, in addition to being a really great uh, rags to riches story, is mm-hmm. just scored and cinematically. Filmed in a way that I just find just mm-hmm. kind of gripping. Like the Philadelphia uh, moment scene, like that's like the part that you pay attention to. But there's an entire lead up to that that is like legitimately, again, just like incredible cinema. It's better than Tony walking down on Saturday Night Live. It's better than The Chariots of Fire. It really like puts you into this hometown here. It's Belle at the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Like, you're learning ah. the city, you're learning all of that. It is so much an I want song. Um, there goes
3: the cheesesteak guy with his yeah.
0: sticks <laughs> like Yeah, always. I mean, legitimately. And so I would say...
4: It's <laughs> the battery thrower on my block. <laughs> <Facts>. <laughs> exactly.
0: There's the thing about Rocky movies, they're ballads. They're ballads of heroes. Like, that's what they are. And so I find the ones that feel like a ballad, the ones that I enjoy the most. So that would be the first Rocky, the first Creed, uh, 2 and 3, and then also Rocky 4. So mm-hmm. all of those get a lot higher than me than I would just say 5 and Balboa, which are not ballady,
3: ballady and, okay. to me. Yeah, I found out courtesy of producer Brian this morning that uh, Bill Conti, who did the music for the first two Rocky films, was not able to come back because he was working on the first two Karate Kid movies. Yes. So you have a different score. It's much more of its time with yeah. Survivor doing not only the Eye of the Tiger, but also Burning Heart, and then you had John Cafferty, and you had, you know, Robert Tepper, and some Frank Stallone in there as well, in Rocky <laughs> Three and Rocky Four. I mean,
4: if you can get them,
3: you do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you can get them, if you, can you get, do.
3: That's a problem. Scheduling, busy. Yeah. But if you can get them. It's a big if, but if you still, if you're going to the gym and you listen to this podcast right now, keep listening to the podcast, do all the rate and review and all that good stuff we love. But right before you hit the gym, turn this off and put on Vince DiColo's War. Which is the theme that they do the two different montages melded together, where you get to see Rocky's rudimentary training style and Drago's advanced techniques. And it <laughs> leads all the way up to the crescendo where he is on the top of a mountain yelling, Drago. Yeah. It's
4: ooh, it's good, good stuff. Like that as was, if
0: he can hear him.
4: Yeah, but that was so quick at the ready. So did you listen to that working out today? Just about every day of my life, oh my I listen to Vince DeCola's <laughs> war I,
0: I need to find something that motivates me better in the gym, because honestly, it's just perfunctory.
3: One of the things...
0: I do it because I have to.
3: One of the things recently that's done it for me was you and I got to see an advanced screening of Creed 3, yeah. which drops in theaters next week. Yeah. And it's just every time I get into the theater to see one of those things, the way it's shot in IMAX, uh, Michael B. Jordan making his directorial debut and stepping back into the ring literally, against just a guy who is just on such a streak right now, Jonathan Majors. What a great villainous presence, but there's a lot more to it than just like this Ivan Drago sort of statue.
0: Yes, and I will say, I don't think this Creed installment um, is necessarily looking to, like, reinvent the wheel. But if you're looking for just a Creed movie that I think you're going to be able to sit down and watch and enjoy and have moments that really sort of speak to you, I really think this is uh, this is definitely going to be the one that, that folks are going to find, I guess, a lot of fun with it. All
3: right, got so it? Matt Nose, the last word goes to you about Rocky Four. all right? You got... The, you're, now you're you're an old gray man. This is some many decades in the future. You
4: mean right now? You're uh, sitting. Ar- not, yeah, have you seen
3: my beard lately? Like, not, like, not in spirit. Oh. We, we know you're already in the home in spirit. Someone did that <laughs> yeah. to me the other
4: day. Might want to update that picture, buddy. <laughs> <Cool. gasps> Oh, Damn. Was it? Was, it was only like five years ago But when this grows out This is all gray and No once that first
3: gray one comes You get the razor oh. Start shaving again Like I did oh, um, What are you telling the kids like, like what is What is it about Rocky Four That makes it special
4: God I wonder if it's one of those You need to see it at a specific age Because if I showed it to somebody now Who's an adult It's like I showed my wife A labyrinth And I figured that would be a safe bet Because yeah. she was like That was so boring I, <laughs> I didn't enjoy that at all And I was like Wow really? She's never seen sure, it? Never seen it and, uh, and that's
3: the woman you want showing up two weeks before you <laughs> yes, fight Drago? Because she's going to give me
4: just the unvarnished truth. That's what I need. Uh, but, uh, she's not just going to be nodding along in the barn as you do so, sit-ups. I think this this might be a case of you need to indoctrinate the kids early. And I think for for honks like us that it just,
3: you know, I mean, Rocky IV, we had it on constantly on a loop when I was in college. And, and it's just one of those movies that always exists. If you need a, like you're talking about, I need some fresh energy in the gym. I need something new to motivate me. It's kind of what Creed Two satisfied a lot of that because you do get a lot of those old rivalries. And it, just, it was just done so, so well. So you never know. You can you can bury mythology and then sometimes it'll come back in a way that emotionally surprises you. Uh, that's going to do it for Movie Talk today. We don't have a mailbag, so we're just going to go right to close. Brian, you want to hit some music anyway for us? Matt Nost, always a pleasure to have you in the building. Good to see you face to face. It's good to see you, bud. To smell your musk, to look at your beard, your wise, grizzled beard. (laughs) My my graying, graying (laughs) ever-graying beard. Uh, so, so mean. This show is <laughs> not mean,
4: it's the fact of life.
3: <laughs> I want to save a couple more minutes for you to, to kind of tell the audience about Settle the Score because you all, you're, you're missing out if you don't check this show out on YouTube. It is so much fun to Thank compete you. in, but it's also just fun to watch because everybody at home is going to know at least a couple of these scores. We talk about the Rocky score. You know that, but sometimes if you just hear it, you're like, oh, God, I know that. What's it from? That's the mountain you have to climb to win Settle the Score.
4: Yeah, we tailor to whoever comes on. So if, if you came on, you're like, listen, I want fan fiction written by these specific authors. You're like, no problem. I will find the movies that work for that.
1: Gotcha. So we tailor to
4: the players. Because the whole point of the show is like, we're just here to have fun. We're not yeah, trying yeah. to prove who's the greatest of all time. It's like, I, I have no need of that. I just want to enjoy myself. And it's three rounds. And depending on what the round is, uh, you're either going to get a score or a soundtrack. And we give you a clue. And then my, pia- uh, my partner plays the piano and he's phenomenal. Nice. He's phenomenal. Andy and,
3: Merriweather, shout out to uh, him. Just nice. a, a swear so a human and just so talented. And,
4: and the best is I will find stuff where I'm like, I cannot wait to hear you do this. <laughs> like uh, the German version of Major Tom from Atomic Blonde. We did that where he sings wow. in all German. Wow. And he's like, you're an asshole. But he learned it and it's great. <laughs> and I'm he done, sang it in German? He sang it in German. Oh, Wow. <laughs> We've had Brian on.
0: Oh, nice. Taylor the show
4: to him and he's still lost. Specifically <laughs> asked him, what are the things that you're good at? And he said, here they are. And he lost oh, the no. game. Oh, Producer wow. Brian. And yeah, him and his oh. two partners on their show. And they're really good at the games. So I was like, Brian, we want you to win this one. I'm not going to tell them we're doing this in advance give me your genres, give me your directors, and then I tailored it to him, I still it. Well,
3: less. that's why it's, oh, wow. you're not being 100% that day, my candid. friend. Yeah, wow. Andy loves the competition. Andy wants everybody to have a good time. Yeah. There is part of Matt notes that going back to your Rocky and Bullwinkle reference earlier, he's got a little snidely
4: whiplash
1: in
3: him. <laughs> oh, he's got I a see. little mustache oh,
1: twirling. With you?
4: Yes. Always with me, yes. whether I'm playing Settle the Score. I've known you, look, we've known each other since we've fat iterations <laughs> of ourselves. <laughs> we used to be <laughs> fat alcoholics together. <laughs> So we carry a lot of baggage. Uh, that uh, hey, I was on vacation. I wouldn't do that with you. It's fun and jovial. Him, I mean, I'm gonna take. He shots. will eventually. Yeah, it's okay. If we became good enough friends, yes, I would. It I mean, look, happen.
0: I don't, I don't mind it. I was raised by a woman, so let's be
4: real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're you're also
0: giving it a,
3: early. <laughs> a fantastic stand-up uh, comedian. Uh, so for upcoming tour days, check out Matt Nozal and, and all of his social platforms. And congrats on a great run with uh, your show Top 10, your podcast with our buddy John Rocha. We love when we do get mailbags, though. We just uh, didn't have time for it today, so email us. RT is wrong at tomatoes.com, Subscribe, rate, review, whatever your platform of choice encourages you to do for podcasts you like. Do it for us, because not only do you like us, you love us. And if I died in the ring, you would avenge me in Russia on Christmas Day. Next week's episode, Jacqueline, what do we got? Who are we talking to? What are we talking about?
0: We're getting dark. Yes! Gonna take it to the dark side. <laughs> this is so bad. Please talk like uh, that the entire episode. No. <laughs> Who is that?
3: Give me that that prudish NPR girl. Uh, I, I don't like her. <laughs>
0: she, she, she peeks her head out. No, we're doing our After Dark episodes, which is basically whatever happens a, to come into our mind.
3: All right. For Jacqueline, for Matt. For Glenn, for Remsen, for Brian, the producer who lost, even though he had a huge leg up in his yeah, most recent sub of the score appearance. The whole gang here at Rotten Tomatoes, I am Mark Ellis thank you, and we will see you next week.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.